Percy, let me ask you, is it fair to say that many men tend to ignore healthcare signals and signs that may suggest something is wrong? And if they do, why? Thing how both you and I fall into this social group, my friend. Oh, yes, we do, we don't be, we? Yeah, yeah we're going to have to we're going to have to fess up here. I think that it's fair to say that it's true that many men do ignore their healthcare warning lights, if you will, uh, that come on because of our pride and machismo. And this can have devastating consequences if not addressed. Let's have a conversation about this today, my friend. All right. We'll talk about this male mentality next. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Listen up. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepard here with Percy McRae. Percy is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, this is going to be just one of those very honest conversations today, I'm guessing. Yeah, and particularly to a uh, social subset uh, of individuals that we need to speak to because of the numbers and because of what research tells us uh, that without addressing this issue, we really are, are experiencing unnecessary negative consequences that can be changed quickly if we can adjust our mental mindset. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a guest join us now. He's been with us before, and we promised a part two to the uh, interview, and you'll hear that today as we uh, Mm -hmm. meet our guest here in just a few moments. But the topic is prostate cancer, and this is a a very real need to address this issue. It's very real. Uh, It's interesting that prostate cancer is considered one of the more higher survivable uh, cancers from a treatment perspective, and yet... It still has a, a relatively, you know, larger number of men who die from prostate cancer, and primarily because of the fact they simply won't go to the doctor and they simply won't endure a process of examination. Yeah. And, and don't feel comfortable talking about it. That's that's the thing. I mean, I, I just had a conversation with a friend the other day about this very issue, and mm. you know, we talked openly about what's going on. So I, I think men need to do that. Yeah, today is going to be what we call uh, in the inner city, real talk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right, all right. We'll get to our guest here in just a moment as you stay tuned. We also have a question we'd like you to answer today. Uh, Percy, these uh, questions we pose each week are not just to fill time. These questions are posed because we really do want to see what our listeners are thinking on these issues. And when you respond to them, uh, we take those responses and shape future programs out of them. So what's the question you'd like to pose this week? Absolutely. So with that being said, our question for today that we'd like to pose and we'd like to get a response from, please interact and let us know. How did your male mentality hamper ownership of your health care? How did your male mentality hamper ownership of your health care? You know, I can hear a lot of women who are listening right now go, uh huh. Yeah. 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 I I can see some elbows being poked and some legs being kicked under the table right now. Yes, sir. I give Mm -hmm. you permission to do that. All right. Well, if you'd like to answer the question this week, go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on connect and type a response. We'd love to hear from you. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. Okay. Let's turn to the scriptures before today's guest. Yes, sir. So our platform and spiritual nugget that's going to really help with today's conversation, please listen very well. It's found in Proverbs 16, verses 18 through 20. And I used to hear this scripture all my life growing up from my mom when she thought I was getting a little too big for my britches. And so (laughs) she used to tell me this scripture, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. 
Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He that handleth the matter wisely shall find good, and whosoever trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I'm hearing the words, but I'm hearing Mrs. McRae say them right now. So, Oh, and, 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 and only the way that she can say them, my friend. And so with emphasis and with distinction, be clear about that. Coming up next, we'll meet today's guest. Have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute designated comprehensive cancer center for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, now part of City of Hope. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say Alexa Enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. And of course, you can also access this tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. Well, let's get underway with our interview today as we talk about a very important topic. Here's Percy McRae. Hey, 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 guys. Welcome back. This is another episode of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm yours truly, Reverend Percy McRae, Pastor P. And, um, you know, we've talked with this gentleman before. uh, And after we finished uh, his first interview in his segment, uh, we kept talking, and, and there were other things that kind of bubbled up that we felt like, you know, we missed this. We we should go back and cover this in a separate segment. So today, I'm bringing back Daryl Pruitt, uh, who was diagnosed in March 2020 uh, with advanced prostate cancer. Today, he's doing well. Uh, his PSA numbers are excellent. And so he is now in a, sur- a surveillance mode. Uh, he's not receiving any active treatment, praise God. He did receive radiation and brachytherapy, and we kind of talked about that and explained what that was uh, after his first interview. But once we were finished, uh, we began to talk about uh, why are the numbers of prostate cancer so high among the African-American community? And so we're going to unpack that a little bit and we're going to get a little going to get a little in depth here, guys. So I need everyone to buckle up. But if you know someone, particularly uh, African-American male, uh, tell him he needs to hear this this segment because it's going to be really important. And so with that, welcome back to the show, Daryl. How you doing, man? Hey, hey, Reverend Percy, I'm doing well. Thank you for um, having me come back. I'm I'm excited. Well, man, I am too. And and I was so uh, pumped up after uh, our first conversation. And and then when you brought to my attention, you said, Reverend McCray, I, I, you know, I want to just say one other thing. Uh, and we started talking about, you know, the dynamics, the social dynamics of, of incident rates of prostate cancer, uh, particularly with the African-American community. And as we started unpacking that, we just kind of started talking about the fears and the phobias that typically are associated with many men, certainly not all men, but many men in the African-American community with regard to prostate cancer. And you would be one that would, you know, be equipped to really have this conversation. Number one, you have prostate cancer. Number two, you're an African-American. And number three, you're a man. So uh, we check off all the boxes in terms of your perspective and school of thought and certainly some of my histrionics of what I have learned and heard. So let's dig into this a little bit. How are you doing? Let me ask that question. How are you feeling? I, you know, my, um, as I went through this journey, uh, one of the issues you deal with with um, radiation and 
shots and injections is fatigue. Um, my energy is coming back. Praise uh, my God. fatigue is lessened. Yes. Um, my PSA numbers are fantastic. Um, so physically, I am doing very well at this time. Um, I've had my challenges, but those challenges are definitely behind me now. I'm just looking forward to um, 2022 and moving forward, brother. Okay. Well, that's exactly what we're going to do. And, and I'm believing and trusting God that you're going to do that as well. So as I stated in the opening in the intro, let's get into it. It's going to be a little, you know, maybe a little sticky, but uh, we're, we, let's talk about from your perspective uh, there's a fear and a phobia that I think many men have around the entire subject of prostate cancer because obviously uh, our prostate is located near our sexual organs. And of course, anytime that we have, you know, conversations about sexuality and that's that sort of thing, you know, you it, it gets a little, you know, can get a little hairy. Uh, and so yes. with that, but 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 you had mentioned to me that, you know, in your a social circle, which is not exclusively African-American, but, you know, obviously because you are African-American, a large number of your sphere of influence and and people that you engage with are of African-American social descent. Let's talk about, from your perspective, why there is such a fear and or phobia around talking about prostate cancer, going to see uh, one's doctor, to, to, to look at and, and, and assess uh, their prostate uh, health. What, what do you think feeds into this dynamic that is leading to uh, a disproportionate imbalance of numbers of men who are diagnosed and unfortunately are dying from prostate cancer? That's a loaded question that I wish I had the intelligence and the background to answer in a way that would bring some truthful history to that, but I'm going to answer it based on my level of understanding with the people that I talk okay. to. Okay. One of them is that that one of the things that I do know that we there's a, a, a an issue with the acceptance of um, gays in the African-American community. Okay. So a lot of black men associate getting the digital rectum exam as being a, a gay thing. Got it. You're not going to stick your finger mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. and check me out. Mm-hmm. There's something just um, sexual to most men when that happens that I personally feel like if it like I tell them, if it means saving my life, you can do it every month. As far as I'm concerned, if it means helping me with healing, you can do it every month. But for some men that I've talked to, no, no, you're not. You're not. No, I'm not doing that. And, you know, I've talked to women who have have no problem, you know, getting their pap smears and to do what they have to do. Right. But for men, um, it's, 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 they, they, they view it as a, as an invasion on their sexuality. And and you're exactly right, my friend. You know, I have not had prostate cancer. I've had colon cancer. And I recall vividly, I had a conversation with a, 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 a someone that I was associated to uh, who found out that I had colon cancer. And, you know, so we had the obligatory, you know, man, I'm sorry to hear that. I was really surprised. You're such a big, strong, viral-looking dude. Nobody would ever thought that you had colon cancer, and 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 I was glad and gracious to to the fact that you know I did not have any type of outward appearance of being a cancer patient, which is another show for another day. Uh, just because one has cancer doesn't necessarily mean that they have to look like they have cancer. But thank you. But having said that, uh, one of the things that that he said to me was, "Well, what? How did you find out about?" 
you know, your colon cancer and, and what were your symptoms? And I, I discussed that with him. And then I told him that, you know, I had, you know, I was scoped that, you know, I, I, I allowed a, a GI to, you know, go in, in, you know, in my rectum and scope me. And he literally jumped out of his shoes. He, 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 he just shrilled at the idea of anything being associated with uh, another person and man uh, having access to that part of his body that it, 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 he turned white as a ghost. And he said, I just don't know if I could ever do that. And he said, uh, and I know who I know his wife. And he said, please don't tell my wife I told you this because she tells me all the time that I need to go to the doctor and I need to have my colon checked and I need to have my prostate checked. And I said, and you do. And I told him, I said, my GI told me had I waited another six months or four months, it would have it would have made the difference in being a early stage one colon cancer to possibly a metastasize. Uh, maybe uh, pe- uh, cancer patient that that cancer would have spread to other parts of my body because it didn't break through my colon wall. Point being, he could not get beyond the idea of someone physically uh, and particularly another man having access to that portion of his anatomy. And I think that you're right. That's one dynamic. And then the other element that I think that is fair to say, and we'll, we'll try to be very uh, sensitive on how we say this, is around this whole identification of sexuality and macho and and machismo that, you know, that somehow that's going to be compromised or that's going to be subjected to something that is feminized if if that is allowed to take place. But this is hurting the African-American community. Absolutely. It's killing. It, literally, it's killing men every day because they refuse yes. to go to the doctor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the other thing, um, Reverend Percy, is that. Um, and again, I can only speak on my race because this is who I'm dealing with and I've met and been involved in for 62 years. And that is. You know, some of us take a lot of pride in our sexual abilities. Ah. And so when you're dealing with, with, with prostate cancer, um, again, let's be candid because I can be candid. Um, that's taken away, sometimes permanently, sometimes for a minute. Yeah. In my case, for a minute, yep. because I didn't go through the removal. Yep. And so because I went through the the radiation and the brachytherapy and the injections, you know, mine will come back. Um, if it doesn't come back, you know what? I'm still living. Yeah. But mine will return. And so I think with a lot of men, you know, we identify with our sexuality by how many women we can come. Yeah. Yeah. How many children we can put out yeah, we there. Can father. You know. Right. Right. You know, and this is huge, Daryl, brother Daryl, because I uh, I interviewed a pastor here on Health, Hope and Inspiration. And this was a he's from the I think he's from the Decatur, uh, Georgia area as well. Now that I think about it. And he also was a prostate cancer patient. And one of the things that he said to me is that when he was told that he had prostate cancer, he said the first thing that came into his mind was uh, how this is going to impact him, him and his wife and, 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 and relationship with his wife. And he said he went to his wife and he told her and he said she looked him in the eye and said, and so what's the problem? And he said, she said, I want you to know. I'm here with you ride or die. In other words, if 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 our intimacy uh, becomes temporarily, as you stated, or permanently compromised, uh, I'm here for for all of this and I'm not going anywhere. And he said it was the biggest relief 
that he had to hear that from his wife because he was wondering Amen. about, you know, how would that impact uh, their relationship? And so let's go. Amen. Let's go there. Let's have this conversation. This is a real place. And because of that dynamic, again, then that could cause a man to try to avoid the conversation. But avoiding the conversation doesn't change the medical and clinical possibility of what prostate cancer can do. And I think it's important just because you avoid the conversation doesn't necessarily mean that prostate cancer is going away because you won't talk about it or you won't even look at it or you won't even consider it. The reality is then it will just silently in many cases and in some cases quickly do its thing and take you out. And to your point, Hey, and to his point, he was like, I just needed to hear my wife say that we good. Don't worry about that. Uh, I know who I married. I married your spirit. I married your heart. I did not necessarily, you know, marry your sexual organ and that we've been together for X amount of years. We have adult children. Listen, I am with you to the very end. I think you're exactly right, Daryl, that many men's identification around a sense of self can be, and particularly for black men, tied into the dynamic of sexual functionality. Yes, yes. And, and let me just add something to what you said, Reverend Percy. Just because you uh, avoid the the conversation doesn't mean that diagnosis is going to go away. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. Okay? You, you, you have a better chance of, of winning this by being as honest and candid about this diagnosis like you and I are today in winning this battle, yeah, okay? Yeah. That's why I feel so free to talk about my situation because there may be a guy there that, that needs to hear this. When I was first diagnosed with this diagnosis, there was a gentleman who I met. Um, I met his son on a job, and I'm not going to go into the details because it's a long story, but I knew that his, his dad had been diagnosed with prostate cancer, mm -hmm. and at that time, I wasn't diagnosed, but I knew his dad was going through it. I immediately asked him, hey, can I talk to your dad? Mm. And he said, sure. And that man has been so instrumental because he was so honest and candid about what he was going through yeah. with his treatment. And even now we talk, he had his removed and, and we talk about what he's dealing with right now. And what he's dealing with right now is um, is having to take shots in order to have an erection. Yep. And I and I'm not afraid of needles, but I can't see myself giving myself an injection into my shaft of my penis to have an erection. Yeah. But he's doing that. Yeah. And he eventually came to me and said, Daryl, you know what? It's, 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 it's becoming too much. So me and my wife will have to have a talk about yeah. having a sexless marriage. Yeah. yeah. And I respect that. I, but they've been together for 35 years. And I'm going to tell you, like a cousin told me, you know, you, see, you probably had enough sex, right? I said, because it's like ice cream. I can't get enough ice cream. Still want some more butter for coffee. Right, okay? right. So with that being said, sometimes we, um, you know, we have to know when to let go. And, and, and so um, it's a conversation that, when, when, when you mentioned the, the, the pastor having that conversation with his spouse and she was so accepting of it, that makes all the difference in the world in a marriage. It really does. Well, and, and, and to that point, you know, obviously this this platform is about health and healing and, and faith. But the other dynamic here is with regard to that is, you know, it's time for us. So I'm going to put my pastor's cap on now. And, you know, I try not to be too preachy on this platform. I try to be informative and I want to be inspirational. But I think that the takeaway from what you just said that I have is, you know, perhaps then we need to be challenged 
across the board, obviously, particularly with regard to the effects of COVID and and the world is a different place and we've been changed in so many ways and we've had to alter uh, behavior and et cetera, et cetera. But certainly and and specifically, but not uh, uh, only to the African-American community is, is that we need to sit down and really take stock of being balanced in how we think about ourselves and how we see ourselves. We are, uh, you know, we God created us to be spirit, uh, soul, and body, but we're not just our physical bodies at the end of the day. What I heard you say, which was so important, is we've got to get back to a place that, okay, maybe we have been compromised physically because of cancer and maybe because of specifically because of prostate cancer. But ultimately, at the end of the day, one's life is not over. Uh, you are not your sexual organ or the aptitude and acumen of that organ. You are uh, you are the child of God. You have a purpose. You have uh, things that God has invested in you, gifts and talents and abilities. And it may be time for some of us to have a wake up call, Brother Daryl, in how we re-identify with who we are and what we are. That may not include sexual activity because that Absolutely. that is and can be a real possibility for some prostate cancer patients and today uh you know there's no reason to give up or to let go of your personage or your human your humanity because that element of your dynamic uh has changed there's a new there's a new normal now that you have to adjust to but you're still everything that God says that you are and in the case of the pastor his wife reaffirmed that she's like listen you're the man of God you know, you are the pastor of our family, of our community, of our local church. She said, I'm here. I'm ride or die. I'm not going anywhere. It helps us to understand the quality of his relationship, the qu- the quality of his wife's mentality and thinking, and more importantly, to help have reevaluation of how you identify yourself. What say you? Amen. Amen. That's what I say <laughs> is that that, that that means so much, Reverend Percy. Um, and having a spouse that's going to be there with you thick and thin certainly helps in the healing process. OK, it really it really does. So, yeah, that's something that a lot of men don't have. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there have been marriages that have been divided because we've had such a great sex <laughs> life. And, and, and that marriage pretty much was 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 determined by not only the frequency but the enjoyment of the sex in addition to you know marriages that have been dissolved because of um finances my husband had a great job yes. you know he was working at a big law firm yes. and now he's been you know and so you know there are different reasons and believe it or not if the marriage is not already strong and have a great foundation yes. and not just sex but some other element comes in and disrupt that, then it's going to be dissolved. But thank God to your, 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 your friend who was the pastor, his marriage obviously was on a sound foundation. Right. And just because that one element, sex was taken out, didn't weaken the marriage. And I'd be willing to bet, Reverend Percy, that it probably strengthened the marriage because what we used to do that gave you so much pleasure, you know, I'm going to have to use another method now. Yes, yes. In order to give you that same pleasure on a different scale, you're not going to be hollering and screaming the way you did a month ago, yep. but we can do other things that's going to give you and, and build a closer relationship. So I, my hat's off to that pastor, whose wife, who supported him during that time. 
You know, Brother Daryl, you it's as if you have traveled with me. Yes, I have I've counseled and 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 had very heart-wrenching conversations with both men and women, but in this particular context, men whose wives left them because of the very dynamic that and 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 I can remember on one occasion the statement that was made, I didn't sign up for this. I'm a young woman. I I still have needs. And as a result, um, I can't continue in this relationship and 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 literally walked off and left that man high and dry in the middle of of being physically, obviously challenged and compromised. But then imagine uh, the the hit to the ego of a man that, you know, uh, being told by your wife that, you know, I can't stay with you because, you know, we're no longer able to be intimate and physical as we once were. This is a real place. And today I want someone listening to be encouraged. First of all, uh, listen to this man who Daryl, Brother Daryl, who has been frank and candid. He's helped us to understand uh, the mental, the emotional, the physical and the spiritual dynamics of being a prostate cancer patient uh, and and how he has managed through that. Uh I'll give you the last word on this, Brother Daryl, and, um, you know, because you mentioned your wife earlier today, and I certainly don't want to put you or her on the spot, is that uh, I would presume that, um, to your point, the foundation that your relationship and your marriage is built upon, uh, how has that, to your point, strengthened uh, your relationship with your wife? Interesting, um, and, and that is, you know, my wife and I just, just celebrated 18 years Congratulations. Of, of, of marriage. And, um, you know, let's just say that in our earlier years, um, that romance was off the chain, as the young folks will right, say. Right, right, right. And, and yeah, yeah. And, and during this time in my life, there's no chain. Okay. Okay. Understood. So, so with that being said, Understood. Um, it, 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 we have done other things. We've gotten closer together. Um, it's a challenge. She understands what's going on as I, as I struggle through, yep. you know, returning back to normalcy. Yes. And, and based on the treatment that I received, um, I will return back to normalcy. With that being said, um, let's just be honest. You know, I, I have met men who were half my age that struggle with ED. Yes. And it's like, man, you 30 years old and you struggling with this problem. and You don't even have anything. Correct. And, you know, and so I can only imagine with what a man that's in his 30s that's struggling with with this. With that being said, to answer your question directly. Um, there's been some challenges as it relates to, you know, my marriage and this situation, but no challenge that we haven't been able to overcome. Amen. Okay. Because when you're used to having a, 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 a regular sex life, and even at the age of 62, I would jokingly tell people, you know, I said, you know what, um, I can still get an erection. I said, but I need about a week to start thinking about it. it in order to get there. Okay. <laughs> like, Man, a whole week. <laughs> I said, yeah. I, I said, I'll think about my wife on Monday. <laughs> so I'm thinking about stuff. And then by Friday, I'm ready. Right. I'll do for it. Right. Okay. So I say that jokingly, but at the same time, um, you know, there's challenges. Got it. Well, Brother Daryl, I thank you for helping me have what some may consider to be a difficult and hard conversation, but what I think we both agree, a necessary conversation, because the goal of Health, Hope, and Inspiration is to inspire, motivate, and encourage people through the processes of health, uh, cancer, uh, the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual dynamics of how do we navigate through that process to get to a point 
of either a new normal, uh, being restored, being being renewed, but ultimately staying grounded in a place of maintaining your humanity, your dignity, and from a faith perspective, connected to your creator. Thank you so much today for helping me have that conversation and being open and, and being transparent, man. You, you helped a lot of people and a lot of people are going to be blessed by this conversation, brother. Well, well, thank you, uh, Reverend Person. Again, I just want to thank you for having this um, platform. And, um, you know, I, I got to be honest in saying that I didn't know it existed. <laughs> but at the same time, I didn't know it existed because I didn't need it. Okay, <laughs> I, I didn't need to come to Health, Hope and Inspiration because I was good. Yeah. So I hate, I hate to say that it took me to get this diagnosis to meet you. But I want to just say that there is a blessing in this diagnosis because we've had a chance to have this conversation and hopefully this conversation will help other men yes. and maybe women yes. along the way. Yes. So I'm okay with that. And I want to say one more thing. Sure. Um, if you ever come to Atlanta and you don't call me and, and we do something, I'm going to be angry at you. Listen, that is a deal. I will make sure to get in contact with you so we can go and enjoy some of that good food there in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Thank you, my friend. Very good. Very good, Reverend Percy. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, my prayers are with you. Blessings. And again, we speak life and health and wellness over everything that concerns you, my friend. Thank you for joining us on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm yours truly, Reverend Percy McCray. Until the next time, take care. God bless. And Percy's back here in the studio with us and will share some important information in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America with City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is part of City of Hope, and they use a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. You can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, we learned a lot from you and Daryl talking together today, Percy, but you've been doing your homework. You've got some additional research you've dug into. One of the things that we want to continue to do is be credible on this show, and we don't want to just quote information sporadically. And so, uh, yeah, I dug up some facts and figures uh, that I think will correlate with the conversation today. And first, I want to read uh, from the National Cancer Institute. The headline is, African-American men more likely to die from low-grade prostate cancer. And they give some numbers, Wayne, that are very interesting. Uh, number of new cases of prostate cancer per 100,000 men among white men is 105.7. Among African-American men is 178.3. So almost difference. double. Yeah, yeah. And so, again, there are many reasons for that. And I encourage everyone uh, to, and I'll put this in the show notes as well, uh, to go to National Cancer Institute and then type African-American men more likely to die from low-grade uh, prostate cancer. And there are several other studies, believe it or not, that speaks to this. Economics, access to health care, mm -hmm. uh, fears and phobias, and so on and so forth. And so I want to transition to uh, a second piece of research that I found that was even more pointed and was more specific to 
some of the points that Daryl wanted to adamantly make. He asked me, you know, when we recorded the first show, can we do a separate show to talk about specifically some of the dynamics of the mentality and specific to African-American men? And there is some research there that helps us with this. And so this is a study from uh, um, the American Journal for Men's Health. Study of American Journal for Men's Health. I'll also include this in the show notes. Good. And it reads as follows. We analyzed African-American men and white men's accounts of digital rectal examinations. If you recall, we talked about this. Daryl mentioned this very uh, candidly. And colonoscopies. I mentioned this in the conversation as well. To investigate how they experienced these examinations. Two things emerged from the data, Wayne. Listen, Clara. Many experienced digital rectal examinations, or DRE, and colonoscopies, and colonoscopies negatively because they dislike penetration. And men objected to DREs more than colonoscopies because of their association of DREs with gay sex. And we know that this is a big topic Mm -hmm. in the social landscape today. But it further tells us dislike of penetration. Overall, the most common sentiment among those men who disliked DREs and colonoscopies was that the exams were embarrassing or invasive. For some men, they could not explain in detail why it was unpleasant, but in response to follow-ups and probes, men either repeated that they disliked it or said that that was, that was a part of their body that was personal. One African-American man uh, basically stated that his doctor violated him and that men mm. don't like for people going up there and in there, the rectum. When the interviewer asked, how, uh, asked him why, he replied, I don't know. I'm just a man and I just don't feel I don't feel comfortable like that. This speaks to the overall sentiment of yeah. the conversation today. And sure. I wanted to just highlight that there is some research and some documentation. Read this research. We'll make it and we'll embed it into the show notes. But we've got to change this mentality and this disposition, particularly among African-American men, because it's actually costing us in long term health because we're dying from a disease that's probably more treatable than any other type of cancer in the marketplace today. Yeah, the benefits far outweigh any discomfort we might feel, don't they? And 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 the and the, the ability of the fact that we won't talk about this. I read several studies, Wayne, that talks about why there's a uh, a, a wall of silence where men will not discuss, will not have a conversation about this. We are going to put this and we're putting this into the open air, guys. We got to talk about it. Yep. It's no time to shrink back because this could very much save our life. You have one life to live and the life that you save may very well be your own. All right, men, let's covenant together to do as Percy is encouraging us to do here. That will be beneficial to everyone who's listening. So thank you for adding that uh, little bit of informational research here to the conversation today, Percy. I really appreciate it. And if you'd like to listen again, you may want to go back and replay this whole podcast so that you can learn from it. Go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. And I haven't mentioned this yet, but in addition to the show notes with that research that Percy mentioned, there is a free resource called Reducing Your Risk of Cancer. This is also available at the same website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right. Well, we always open and close with Scripture, and this is so important to uh, to wrap up with today. So let's let's go back to that passage, Percy. 
Well, everything that we talked about today, Wayne, in the discussion with Daryl and some of just the small uh, little literature that I read, there's so much more. Please go out and read it. It really speaks to the pride, the male ego, the pride of men. We, yeah. we, we are prideful and, you know, and we have a certain dynamic around our sense and definition of masculinity. I want to read the scripture now in light of that because sure. I want to challenge us with the word of God today. And it reads uh, accordingly, uh, Proverbs 16, verses 18 through 20. Pride, or I want to say it this way, male pride or masculinity mm -hmm. <laughs> goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit, because, yeah, you got to humble yourself to have a colonoscopy. Yep. You've got to humble yourself to have a DRE. I've done both of them, and yep. it, you do, you do, you do. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He that handleth a matter wisely. This is about having wisdom now, gentlemen. Listen to me. He that handleth, handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whosoever trusteth in the Lord, happy is, is he. Today, we trust God for everything else, and we're going to trust him for this as well. Go have your colon checked. Go have your prostate checked. Yes, have a digital rectal examination. It may very well save your life today. You've uh, served us well with this information today, Percy. God bless you. Thank you. And uh, I guess we will talk next time. There's a podcast, which is next week, right? That is correct. And so, again, I'm not going to let my pride keep me from coming back. I'm showing back <laughs> up next week, as I always do. And yeah. remember, gentlemen, we've got work to do. Let's keep chopping the wood. You can do everything that God says that you can do, and you can be everything that he says that you can be. Until the next time, we'll talk next week. Thanks for learning and listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.